Hey everyone, welcome to Homer's Dope Nuts, a weekly Simpsons podcast where I, the Simpsons guy, and my co-host, El Ray, discuss and review every episode of The Simpsons ever made. We break down the episodes, discuss some of the references, and try to connect our younger listeners with the Simpsons family and how life has changed since the inception of the show over 30 years ago. We hope you enjoy it and provide feedback as we're always looking for ways to improve the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Homer's Dope Nuts. As always, I am your host, The Simpsons Guy, and I'm joined by El Ray. Uh, hoy hoy, everybody. Spooky season. Yes, yes. It's finally here. It is. I've been enjoying it. The weather's uh, going along with it nicely. So. Yes, yes. It's supposed to dip down in the 40s and 50s next week. Yes, I'm very excited about it. Yes. My uh, kids' dogs are also excited, I bet. <laughs> it's an Alaskan Malamute and two uh, Huskies. Oh, they're just going to want to sit outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Since it is spooky season, yes. we're going to uh, rewind this season and go back to episode one, which we had skipped. Yes, we did. So because yes. this is the Treehouse of Horrors, part seven. Indeed it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we skipped over this one. We've been keeping up. If you haven't, we did skip it. And in honor of uh, yeah, the spooky season. Yeah, we're saving it for this week. Here we are. Yep. So this originally aired October 27th of 1996. Yep. So we almost got it to the day. Yep. Almost. One day off. We're recording this on the uh, 26th. 26th. Uh, well, there is no traditional uh, chalkboard gag here. No. But there is a gag. Because, you know, it is the Treehouse of Horror. They have their own little special gag here. And so it's, we see Homer, right? And he lights a, a jack-o'-lantern. But the pumpkin sets on fire instantly. And the fire starts spreading all over Homer. And then his whole body. And he's just running, screaming bloody murder. Right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we see right there. The Simpsons Halloween special 7 on the screen. And we do get a couch gag. Yes, also, we do. Right? Mm-hmm. And I do love this one. It is one of the ones that sticks in my mind all the time. It is very ap- apropos. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's the Grim Reaper sitting on the couch. And the whole family rushes in. And as soon as they get close to death, all of them just drop dead, right? Mm-hmm. Right in front of the Reaper. They get yep. too close, they drop dead. But this works out for uh, the Grim Reaper because they make a pile right in front of him. He just puts his feet up and starts to relax. Yep. yep. And um, ba- little baby Maggie right on top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so very morbid but very cool yes uh, he was just chilling out <laughs> yep. alright so this first little mini episode mini-sode mini-sode this little, first little mini-sode is titled The Thing and I which of course is a play for those of you that don't know on The King and I yes was and it, The Thing yeah The King and I is that The King of Siam I think so uh, yeah, if I yeah and of course the classic movie The Thing yes all right, so we open this up. It's at night in Springfield, and everything is quiet. But Bart and Lisa, who were asleep, were woken by the strange moaning and, and rattling sounds that are coming. Seems like it's coming from the attic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's little thuds going on and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so they both walk out of their rooms, and they look at each other, and Lisa asks Bart if he heard the noise. 
And Bart's like, maybe it was just the cat. And Mrs. says that no, because the cat's sleeping with her. And <laughs> oh cute God. little part right here. Yes. Right? Snowball 2 walks out. She's got a bonnet on and she's got booties. She on. doesn't look happy, though. Yeah, she doesn't look happy. <laughs> but, of course, Lisa is having a lot of fun. And while they're out there, some more noises come out from the attic. And uh, they're just very, very worried about this, right? So the next morning, when they're uh, at the breakfast table, Bart decides to ask his dad about it. He's like, did you guys hear something moving around in the attic last night? And Homer's just kind of like, attic? Oh, that's silly. And he kind of laughs it off. Hey, you know, whatever. And then he changes his tone, right? He's like, seriously, though, don't ever go up. <laughs> and Marge is like, uh, Homer, isn't it about time for the, uh, you know? And Marge is like, yeah, yeah, I'll go feed it. He goes to the fridge, and apparently they had a bucket of fish heads just sitting in there. Yeah. Which, the smell must be awful with that. Yeah, I mean, they must get on the other food, even in the water. I know, exactly. Oh, what the hell, out. yeah. Gotta, you're not getting that smell out of it. No. And, and he's whistling, right? He's just... You know, as he takes the fish heads through the house, like, fish heads, fish heads, do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So he whistles all the way up to the attic, but he doesn't realize that Bart and Lisa are following him. Right? They don't know exactly what's going on, but they do hear something that sounds like an animal munching on the bones. Yeah. Right? And um, it kind of scares them, doesn't it? So the next night, uh, Bart uh, hears, but not only hears, but he sees something crawling through the air duct, you know, through the air conditioning duct. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, he decides to be to ask again, right? Because yes, both of them, both of them, are very, very scared and curious. And so they go to Homer, and Lisa's like, "What's up there?" Bart's like, "Is it a monster?" We, we have to know. Tell us what what tell us what's the secret. And Homer's like, all right, no more questions. I work my butt off to feed you four kids, and all you do, and and, and he stops because Marge is just staring at him. Yeah. And he's like, what? And Marge is like, three. We have three kids, Homer. And we're like, yeah, three nosy kids. And you know what happens to nosy kids who ask too many questions? And the kids are like, no, what? Does something happen? Does something happen to those nosy kids who ask questions? What happens? And so they're not they're not gonna get an explanation. So yeah. Bart and Lisa decide to investigate for themselves, right? So apparently Homer and Marge are out because then we see Bart, Lisa, and Maggie with a ladder, human ladder, performing one, right? Uh-huh. Lisa's on Bart's shoulders, Maggie's on the top, and they're trying to open the door to the attic. Yeah. And they do. So, when the little ladder comes down, they climb up the ladder, and they head up into the attic, and you see a bunch of, you know, what do you find in the attic? Mostly crap, right? Yes, junk. So, they find a lot of junk everywhere. There's a lot of dust, (laughs) and uh, we even see Bart finding a lot of unsold copies of Homer's autobiography. Homer, I hardly knew me. God. Yeah, he's very... Who the hell would sell that? I don't know, man. You're you, but you don't know yourself. I mean, I understand that if you're a kid, but Homer's not a kid anymore. No, well, he's got the mind. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. And so Lisa tells Bart, actually, look at that. And you see a pair of chains, right? But they look like something has just gotten out of them. They're kind of swaying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you see something emerge from the shadow and it's it jumps out. You can barely see it, right? Right before the kids are. And the kids just start running in fear. Right? So, and, yeah, they, so they run through the house and they hide. They hide behind three vases that are, you know, appropriate for their sizes. Uh-huh. Which is pretty cool. And we just hear Lisa from the vase, Bart, do you think it's safe? And uh, Bart says, uh, I don't care. I can't breathe in here. And so they rush out of the closet that's next to the bases, <laughs> right, gasping for air. Oh, my God. That's such a nice touch. They got everyone. Yeah. So next thing we know, we see Homer and Marge coming through the back, coming back into the house. And uh, Homer's like, see, Marge, who needs a car wash when you can just drive around in the rain? At that moment, Bart and Lisa show up and they're like, Mom, Dad, we saw something in the attic. We saw something in the attic. And Marge's like, you went into the attic? I'm very disappointed and terrified. <laughs> and so we see Homer with a with an iron rod, right? Uh-huh. And uh, he pokes his head into the attic and he says, it has escaped. <laughs> right? Because we see the chains, we see all the bones. Uh-huh. Whole family gasps in horror because they hear footsteps super fast, and then they see the front door swing right open. So Marge doesn't waste any time here. She grabs the phone and she calls up somebody. She's like, "Yes, doctor, it's what we've always feared. It's loose. Hugo is loose. See you soon." And so Bart leaves her there, and of course Bart has to ask, "Who or what is Hugo?" And Marge's like. I'm afraid we haven't been entirely honest with you, Bart. You see, you have a brother. And Lisa's like, so, I have two brothers? And Homer's like, Lisa, please. And he just pushes her aside. Like, we're not talking to you, right? That's so bad. So Homer explains to Bart that he does have a twin brother. And he's like, when you were born, there was an irregularity. A monstrous irregularity, right, says Dr. Hibbert, because he pops up from nowhere, right? Yeah, he was in the living room. Uh And uh, Dr. Hibbert goes, yes, I remember Bart's birth well. You don't forget a thing like... Then you hear like the dun-dun-dun! Siamese twins. So Lisa jumps in, she's like, "Uh, I believe they prefer to be called conjoined twins. Of course Lisa's going to say Yep. And Dr. Hibbert goes... And hillbillies prefer to be called sons of the soil. But that ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Man. And so Dr. Herbert starts telling the story, right, about the birth of Bart and Hugo. And he's like, one of them was pure evil. <laughs> so we show, uh, we cut back to Dr. Herbert with a huge afro. Uh-huh. Right? And he's showing Bart and Hugo to Marge after she gives birth. Uh-huh. And one of them starts just biting the other one, right? Like gnawing on it. And Marge looks at him and he's like, I think I'll bottle feed that one. <laughs> Did it? Yep. <laughs> I wouldn't want to breastfeed that one either. Yeah, nope. 
And so, Dr. Hibbert comes back in and says, The routine soul smear confirmed the presence of pure evil. Then I knew the only option was to separate you two immediately. And we saw him with a paper cutter, and he's like just chopping down, right? And he has two forms of Marge. He's like, you'll need to sign this. <laughs> you know, he just chokes. Yeah. And he says, but what to do with poor Hugo? Too crazy for boys town. Too much of a boy for crazy town. The child was an outcast. So we did the only humane thing. And Homer cuts in. We chained Hugo up in the attic like an animal. We fed him a bucket of fish heads once a week. And Marge jumps in. It saved our marriage. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing these are mini-sodes. And yes. not actually them. Like, oh, my God. It's just so dark. Yeah. And so Bart, he's a skeptical. Mm-hmm. Right? He's like, you expect me to believe all this? If any of it was true, wouldn't I have a big hideous scar, right? And he looks down at his uh, torso and he's like, <gasps> he freaks out because there is a scar there. Mm-hmm. So then they start looking for Hugo. And Homer goes, we'll search out every place a sick, twisted, solitary misfit could run could run to. And he says, I'll start with Radio Shack. <laughs> Okay, so I, I think that deserves a pause. Yes, because there are no more Radio Shacks. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so for those of you that are way young, I would say, mm-hmm. um, Radio Shack was a, a store where you could buy like components for basically anything electronic. Yes. You could buy electronics, computers, um, you know, stuff like that. But if you were making your own like circuit boards, motherboards, things like that, all your stuff you could buy was there. The soldering equipment, and everything. Everything you wanted to do to tinker electronics. It was a nerd's paradise. Yes. So, hence the joke right there. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I mean, not to scare people, but I bring back bad memories, but remember, like, dudes that would get caught making bombs in the day? Yes. And all that, it was always like they caught them, like, at a radio shack or something. Buying stuff at radio shack, yeah. <laughs> So, hence Homer's joke here, which was, if you weren't there, guys, it's kind of lost on you. Yes. At the time, that was a great joke. <laughs> Radio Shack is never coming back. No, I'm going to miss it. I have missed it, actually. Yeah. Radio Shack was always cool to go. Yeah. Because they would sell things like RC cars, like not the ones you would buy at the toy store. Like, no, like the really, really cool, cool ones. ones. Yeah. yeah. That you actually had to put gas in and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was it was really cool. Anything new that was coming out tech-wise? Yeah, even like even if some science nerds could find stuff in there for them. Yeah. So for their science fair stuff, yeah, it was right. so such a good store. What, what are we? Sick, twisted, solitary, a misfit? What? Yeah, because <laughs> we like that place. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I always admit that I'm a proud nerd. Yeah, it's all good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, as yeah. they're all leaving the house to look for Hugo, right? Homer turns to Bart and says, Bart, you stay home and tape the hop- hockey game. Something the kids today wouldn't understand. Nope. And that was, I mean, I know my parents made me do that a lot. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to be gone. I need you to... Tape Seinfeld. Or something, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, at least they were nice about it. The tape's already in there. It's ready to go. All you need to do is put on channel test record. I was one of the few nerds that actually programmed the time into the VCR. I did that. So they would record automatically once I programmed it. Yeah, once we got one of those. Like, yeah. 
time. Yes. <laughs> now, of course, you guys don't know the struggle because you can just stream it when you want it. Crazy. Yeah. They don't ah, know the struggle. The struggle is real. Mm -hmm. So Bart locks every door and window from the house, right? And that, but he still hears something moving inside. He's like, you're here, aren't you? All right. And this is when Hugo starts to like, apparently it's Hugo, right? Starts coming out from the shadows and he's holding a glass. And a, milk, right? Yeah, a glass of milk and a plate of fish heads. Uh, this means they had more in there. Yes. And so as he comes out of the shadows, he's like, yes, Bart. And uh, Bart's like, well, what do you want? You'll see. After, After the, the surgery. surgery. Oh, my God. So next thing we know, we see Bart tied up in the attic screaming, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Hugo's like, I went mad after they tore us apart. But I'll be sane once I sew us back together. Bart's like, but you'll kill us both. And Hugo's like, no, it's easy. I've been practicing. I made a pigeon rat. So, so he has a pigeon and a rat sewed together. Yeah, back to back. Back to back, yes. Yes. So first we see the pigeon flying. And the, it just, yeah, it stays airborne for a little while, then it just plops onto the floor. Uh-huh, because it, yeah, I think it hits the wall. Yeah, it does. It hits the wall. And when it goes down, the rat lands on its feet, and he tries to go into his little rat hole, but he can't because... The pigeon's on top of him. Exactly. It just goes back and forth like, thunk, 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 mm -hmm. the pigeon. Oh, man, it's, it's such a gross scene. Yes, it is. But it's super funny. I wonder if that one would get, like, a, even though it's animated, like an animal rights. You know, they, you know they'll be. Today would be more. PETA's going to be upset about yes. everything. You know, I do have to say uh, shout out to PETA. Because I'm, I, I appreciate people eating tasty animals. Oh, I love that. Yes. I love that joke. Mm. <laughs> So, uh, shout out to Peter. Yep. And so, we see Hugo with a needle in his hand already ready to go. And he's like, you want to be on the right or the left? <laughs> so. And this is when Dr. Hibbert shows up. Yes, the cavalry comes in. Yeah, and Dr. Hibbert's like, there, there, Hugo. I understand. All these years caged up in there. Why? You probably never even seen your own face in the mirror, have you? As he's talking, right, he's reaching for something. And it looks like a mirror. He pulls a frame out. Yeah. So he's moving up the frame. He's like, here. And he puts up the frame between him and Hugo. And Hugo looks at it. He's like, hmm? And we get Hugo's point of view because he's looking up and he sees the frame and he sees Dr. Hibbert behind it. Yes. And the next thing he sees is Dr. Hibbert's face, uh, fist flying right into his face. <laughs> and Dr. Hibbert punches the hell out of Hugo and knocks him the hell out. Hey, man. Kudos to Dr. Hibbert. That was one punch. Yeah. <laughs> one punch knockout. Yep. <laughs> okay, so it was a third grader. Yeah, but still. But still, still. <laughs> he yeah. was a mutant. Yeah. <laughs> he looked more, he looked bigger than Bart. Yeah, he sure. did. Evil mutant. And so uh, Homer and Marge step in, right, as that moment. Mm -hmm. And Homer's in there like, we think we saw Hooker at the airport. He was boarding a plane to Switzerland. And, and then he sees Hugo on the board. And, oh. <laughs> So this is Marge unties Bart while Dr. Hibbert and Homer are trying to take care of Hugo. Dr. Hibbert's like, you know, isn't it interesting how the left or sinister twin is invariably the evil one? 
I had this theory that, wait a minute, Hugo Scar is on the wrong side. He couldn't have been the, the left evil twin. That means that the evil twin is, and always has been, Bart. And Bart's just looking at everybody and goes, ah, don't look so shocked. <laughs> and Dr. Herbie goes, well, chalk this one up to carelessness on my part. Um, I, I would say that's negligent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he thinks about it. He's like, you know what? There's a way to set everything right. And so we cut to later that day, everybody and Hugo, right? Instead mm -hmm. of Bart, mm -hmm. is gathered around the table. All right, sorry, guys. I kind of burped right there. <laughs> we're, we're having an adult beverage. Yes. It's Tasty a, adult beverages. Yes. It's, it's the treehouse of horror, guys. And uh, yeah, Bart's not there. Mm -hmm. Hugo is. And everybody's gathered around the table for yeah. And Dr. Herbert goes, care for a drumstick, Hugo? Hugo just grabs it and just goes to town on it, right? He even starts eating the napkin. Yes. And Lisa's there like, Mom, Hugo's eating his napkin. And everybody laughs. And then we hear Bart from the air duct, uh, hey, can I have some turkey? And we hear Bart, no, you finish your fish heads. Then we'll talk. And then she goes and closes the vents. Fish heads? What the hell? And they're not even cooked. It's so gross. Yes. Oh, it's so gross. I mean, I don't even like seafood. And fish heads, I can't. Ugh. I've heard fish cheek is actually good. But as far as the eyeball and all that other stuff, yeah, no. I, I, I don't like food that's still looking at me. Yeah, no. I, I couldn't do that at all. And the next mini-sode is titled... The Genesis Tub. So we see uh, in front of her mirror, Lisa, right? She's uh, she's looking at a, <clears throat> what is it? The gap in her teeth. Yeah, the gap in her teeth, right? And uh, it falls out, right? right? She gets a tooth out. Uh -huh. And she's like, oh, great. She's excited. She's like, mm -hmm. this, this tooth will be perfect for my science project, right? Mm -hmm. And the exhibit is, will Cola dissolve a tooth? And I... I don't know why. It's just, I think this is one of her best lines ever because mm -hmm. it just fits her so well. She's like, science has already proven the dangers of smoking alcohol in Chinese food, but I can still ruin soft drinks for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Super happy. Yep. By the way, I think soft drinks have already been ruined for everyone. Yeah. Because we know they're bad, but we still have one. Yeah. Yeah. We know we're drinking poison, but damn. Admittedly. Uh huh. But it's not like I'm gonna swear off them forever. Yeah, they're just too good sometimes. Mm -hmm. How how do you go to the movies and have a fresh hot bag of popcorn and not have a Coca Cola or something? Yeah. You just can't do it. No, it's sacrilege. How do you eat brisket or barbecue without a big red? Man? God, you know, like come on, can't be done. <laughs> can't be done. You can't do that. <laughs> So then Bart walks in and says, hey, Lise, check out my science project. And he rubs a balloon on his head and he touches Lisa and he shocks her with some static electricity. Yeah. Which we've all done. So yep. Uh -huh. And Lisa's like, ow, what's that supposed to prove? And Bart goes, that nerds conduct electricity. And he touches her again. She winces again. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, Bart just being a big brother. In that uh -huh. sense. So he runs away laughing 
And Lisa goes back to her exhibit, right? And she touches her tooth. It's now soaking in the cola. And she gets another shock. Right? She's like, stupid Bart. And, and whatever. So oh. she goes back to sleep. Right? And then we see right there in the foreground that something going on with the tooth and the cola and then the electricity. Mm -hmm. Something's going on, right? Yeah. Some kind of reaction's going on. So the morning is now here. Lisa wakes up and she decides to take a look at her experiment. And she goes, oh boy, mold. That's science fair pay dirt. But she said that just by looking at it with the naked eye. Yeah. She hadn't put it under her microscope yet. Not yet, right? And so she does that, right? Mm -hmm. So she puts it under the microscope and she's like, it eh, looks the same. But then she's like, she looks at her microscope, she looks, it's at one time, mm -hmm. right? Instead of 10, so she clicks it over to 10 times, and then she clicks it to 100 times. Mm -hmm. And then she sees something, and she's she gasps because she sees little mini prehistoric, like, cavemen uh -huh. walking around. Right? She's like, oh, dang little people! My God, I've created life! <laughs> and so she has, Yes. Right? Now, I have to admit, if I was watching this and I was a little kid, and I mean 10 and under, I would so be trying this experiment. Wouldn't wouldn't you have been doing this? I was 10. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, you did, yes, right? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> there we go. I was 10. Yes. Oh, my God. Right. So, I, I guess I, will tell I you, wasn't the only one. I was there, man. I said, like, I was there, man. <laughs> yes. I had to try and it. And I wasn't the only one. No. My friends and I all talked about it the next day. Did you really do something like that? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> uh, but hey, you were a kid. We were curious. Yeah, yeah. Of course. It was awesome. When you're a kid, anything is possible. <laughs> it's all good, man. You haven't been, uh, your imagination hasn't been crushed by this <laughs> cruel adult world yet. Yes, exactly. So, uh, to... It did happen. Okay. Totally all right. All right. So then Marge cuts in. Lisa, breakfast. We're having waffles. And just like a kid, her attention changes. Ooh, waffles. And she runs down. Uh huh. So when she gets downstairs, yeah. I like that little thing because the part of her that's Homer comes out in those little. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Ooh. Waffles. Yeah. <laughs> and every now and then she'll let out that drool too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. But Lisa is disappointed once she sits down because they're not waffles. They're just square pancakes. <laughs> to which Marge explains that the waffle iron is in the shop. And Lisa says, the waffle iron's been in the shop forever. And she goes back to her room. Very, very grumbly. Yeah. You know what? I think that's kind of a testament to like a lost era that things used to be so expensive that it was practical that you took them to, for somebody to fix Yes. It. Used to be at the repair the shop. shop. Yeah, you the repair shop. shop. Mm -hmm. You took the TV to the shop. Mm -hmm. You know? Now. Everything's disposable. You just buy new ones. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Like, yep. uh, that hit me the other day when I was watching this again. I was like, wow. That, like, There's still some repair shops out there. There are. There are. 
So is it because... I mean, really, the only thing you take to the shop now is the car. Mm-hmm. That is true. Our, our, we were having trouble with the washing machine. We did have somebody come in and look at it. Well, that's different. See, that, that didn't exist as much as it does now either. Mm-hmm. Where, no, no, no. We'll send someone to go fix it. Yeah. And that's, that's relatively new when you think about yeah. it. Yeah. You, know? you have to, like, pack it up, take it I mean, like, to them. You, like, the only... Think about it. Like, the only person that used to go to your house was, like, the plumber. And the know? cable guy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And now... I mean, like, when my... I, have a very high-end computer. When this thing messes up, someone comes over to fix it. <laughs> you don't take it to the geek squad. They no, come they here. They come fix it. Yeah. Dell sends someone to fix it. You nice. know what I mean? It's, like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah, that hit me the other day when I was watching mm-hmm. this. Kids like no. <laughs> yeah, they do not know. So anyway, she goes back up to her room, right? Lisa goes back to her room and she looks in the microscope and she is shocked again. Because they've gone from being cavemen that previous night, mm. they're already in the Renaissance. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We see one of the people nailing something to the door of what something that looks like a cathedral, right? Mm-hmm. And Lisa's like, one of them is nailing something to the door of the cathedral. I created Lutherans. <laughs> so, yes, of course, that was Martin Luther in Lisa's world. Yes. <laughs> Not Luther King, but Martin Luther. Martin Luther. Mm-hmm. And so, Lisa goes to sleep. We cut to the night, right? And it's cool because during the night, we see little like lights start showing up, like when they show those pictures of cities at night. Yeah. Right? And then, light actually starts emerging from the little peachy dish that she has all this in, right? And it lights up the room. And so, Lisa, the next day looks in and Lisa is shocked again because they have evolved past even where humankind is at at that point, right? It's all yeah, futuristic. Yeah, kind of like Jetsons. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do the kids know what Jetsons are? I don't know, man. I hope so. Well, you know the Flintstones? The opposite. The opposite. These guys were in the future. Remember that was a huge crossover? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. That think, was a that was more your time than it was yes, mine. Yes, it was more that my was, time. <laughs> I saw that on the rerun. Mm. <laughs> you saw that. I saw that live. <laughs> all right. So uh, at this moment, when Lisa's seeing all this, Bart comes in to see how her project is going, and he sees that it looks like a model city, and he grabs it and he starts poking his finger in there. He's like, "Oops, my finger slip. Oops, my finger slip. Oops, my finger slip." And he runs away laughing. And Lisa puts the puts it back under her microscope and she takes a look. And Bart has caused chaos everywhere. Yeah, there's all these buildings on fire, everything's all destroyed, right? Mm-hmm. She's just she's very sad about it. And so we cut to that night, and we see a squadron of like ships just rise out of the little petri dish. Mm-hmm. Right? And they're all in formation. It's very impressive. Yes. Right? And I think it's like, what, five or six little fighter ships and then one bigger one, like a bomber? Uh-huh. And they fly through the house, down the hallway, and they make it to Bart's room. Right? And they attack Bart. Yep. He starts shooting at his face. Yeah, they start shooting at him. They start throwing stuff at him. And, and he wakes up, and 
they fly back to their base, right? And Bart just throws open the door to Lisa's room, and he's got lumps all over him, right? Because they, they did a... They did a number on him. Yeah, they did. He's about to trash the Petri dish mm-hmm. when Lisa steps in. Yeah, he's like, your micro jerks attack me. And Lisa's like, well, you practically destroyed their whole world. And Bart says, you can't protect them every second. Sooner or later, you're going to trick our death. And then, flush. It's toilet time for Tiny Town. <laughs> so Bart takes off, right? Mm-hmm. And Lisa is sitting next to her little creation there, right? And... She's thinking about what's going on, and then all of a sudden we hear like a whirring sound that comes out of the tub, and then this little energy ring goes around Lisa, it shrinks her, and it takes her into the tub. Mm-hmm. Right? And she finds herself sitting on a seat like a tooth. Yeah. Right? Apparently the origin right there. Uh-huh. And there's all these little people there in front of her. All her little creations. Mm-hmm. Right? And we see one of them kind of looks like Professor Frank. Yeah. He's like, it worked. The D-Bigulator worked. <laughs> right. And the whole crowd is there and they start just bowing to her, right? Mm-hmm. And the, one of the persons there, he's the leader, he's like, welcome to our world, most gracious Lisa. And Lisa goes, your world is incredible. And you speak English? And he says, we have listened to you speak since the dawn of time, O creator. And we have learned... To imitate you exactly. <laughs> Obviously, not exactly. No, not exactly. Mm-hmm. So everybody bows, right? And behind them is a statue of Lisa. And Lisa realizes that she has the status of godhood because she was the one that created that world, right? And uh, the other, uh, the, those tiny people consider Bart to be the devil. Yes. They actually ask her questions, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, uh, you're God, right? Yeah. Why do you allow bad things to happen? <laughs> you get those questions. Yes. Those eternal philosophical questions. Yes, but I love how they do it. They give us some go like, uh. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's such a, I mean, it's an understandable question, but it really is such a nonsensical question at the same time. Like, uh-huh. what are you expecting an answer from? Yeah. <laughs> Right, and then they ask her about the devil. It's like, what? You know, the one you call Bart. Yes. And she goes, no, that's not the devil. That's my brother. And we're like, oh, your, de- your brother is the devil? <laughs> right? Mm. And so they start, so they start <coughs> talking to her and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And, and she gets overwhelmed, right? Yeah. She's like, listen, I can take care of everything. All you have to do is unshrink me. And, and the little friend goes, Unshrink you? Well, that would require some sort of rebigulator, which is a concept so ridiculous, it makes me want to laugh out in chortle, like, and... And Lisa just gives him a glare. Uh, oh, but uh, not not at you, O holiest of gods, with the raffleness and the vengeance and the blood rain and the hey, hey, it hurts me. <laughs> and so... Uh, Everybody starts panicking now, mm-hmm. right? Because we see Bart appear like over them, right? In the sky. Uh-huh. And he closes the tub and it's opened and we see Principal Skinner. He tells Bart, first rate work, Bart. This university you've created is even more impressive than Martin's milk carton ukulele. <laughs> and we actually see 
Martin in a hula in, in a little grass skirt with co with coconuts. Yes, with a coconut bikini. Martin <laughs> just wanted an excuse to wear that. We all know that. Oh my god. And uh do your thing, Martin. Yes. So Skinner nominates Bart as the winner, and he tells Willie to throw out all the other projects. And so uh, we hear uh, Lisa is like, oh, great. I'm stuck, in this, I'm stuck in this lousy tone for the rest of my life. And everybody's staring at her. He's like, shouldn't you people be groveling? And they start groveling at her. And bring me some shoes. Nice ones. And some guy goes, she'll want socks too. I'll get socks. That segment, right? Yes. That's one of my favorites. Yes, it, it really is. is. Like, like in all the treehouse of horror, that one stands out to me a lot. I mean, I know because, to like, I, like I said, in like, if I was a kid, I would have tried this. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you were a kid. That one caught me right at the right age, man. Like, <laughs> that one got me good. Before the world crushed your soul. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Or taxes, and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Was your dad already connect, collecting the dad tax? No, not really. No? That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, it did happen. Every now and then, I'd still like to collect the dad tax. Well, you know what? Like, the thing is, my dad made a game out of the dad tax for himself. He was more like, a, hey, look over there. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he had fun with it. No, no, no. <laughs> i do it right in front of him. He's like, uh, see this? Yeah, that's mine. That's a dad tax. <laughs> I allow you to have the rest. Yes. <laughs> That happens. It was yeah. great. <laughs> and so that's the end of that one, right? So the next little mini-sode is titled Citizen Kang. Of course, a play on Citizen Kane. Yes. Right. What's that guy's name? Um, Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Mm-hmm. Mostly known for the horror genre yeah. or the futuristic genre. Something like that. Yeah. No, that, that was H.G. Wells. H.G. Wells. That's absolutely yeah, true. Orson Welles was Orson Welles is the one that's criticized for the futuristic Citizen one. Kane and then like never making anything of note again. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently that apparently that's supposed to be about William Randolph Hearst. I've heard that, but I haven't studied it enough to like I know. figure it out. I'm not fascinated enough about that guy to study him and see if it makes any sense. I am actually. Are a you? Lot. Yeah, that guy's a as a, a character to say the Well, you're a history nerd. Yeah, I am. <laughs> anyway, right? So, this one starts with late night, Homer is on a boat. It's like, ah, the old fishing hole. So peaceful and relaxing. Doesn't even matter if I catch a single fish. So he yawns, right? Then he goes, right, come on, you stupid fish. Take the bait. Don't even come down there. He's super pissed. <laughs> Uh, which doesn't that defeat the purpose of being relaxed while you're fishing? Yeah. So his attention is quickly taken by something else, right? And it's a flying saucer that's overhead. So the uh, flying saucer kind of like drops a little crane on him to pick him up, yeah. and it drops him back into the lake once. Yeah. Before it picks him up. It wasn't ready for the weight. Yes. Homer's <laughs> a little too heavy for the alien equipment. Yep. And then I love this because we see our two old friends, Kang and Kodos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Homer's like, oh my God, space aliens, don't eat me. 
I have a wife and kids. Eat them. <laughs> Can't stop the silence. We are travelers from a certain nearby ringed planet whose name we prefer not to mention. My name is Kang, and this is my sister, Kodos. And then Kodos goes, hello, in a very masculine voice. Yeah. And Homer's like, oh, I suppose you want to probe me. Well, might as well get it over with, and he unzips his pants, right? He starts turning around, and Kang's like, ah, stop. We've reached the limits of what rectal probing can teach us. <laughs> So How long have they been doing that? Exactly. Oh right. my god. So Kodos goes on is like they're on a mission of conquest and they need to know where Earth's leader is. And Homer goes, I guess you mean President Clinton. He usually hangs around in Washington, DC. And this is another one that sticks in my head, right? Because mm-hmm. of course the time uh-huh. and all it was and Kang's like President Clinton. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and Homer goes, except um, um there's this election next week, so after that, it might not be him anymore. It might be, what's his name, uh, Mumbly Joe. I saw him on TV, that other, uh, Bob Dole. Man, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Bob Dole. Yep. And so, that's not what Bob Dole does. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, guys, all the Bob Dole jokes and the Clinton jokes that they make in this, I can't complain about no. it. No. Pretty spot on. Yes. <laughs> There's no... You weren't there, you wouldn't understand. It's, it's pretty true, guys. For, mm. for those of you that weren't there, this is not exaggerated. No, no. <laughs> and so that complicates things. So they decide that they are going to get them both, right? So the first target is Bob Dole, who's walking out of the RNC, right? The Republican National Committee. Mm-hmm. And he gets abducted, and of course we get the joke. He's there like, oh, Bob Dole doesn't need this. <laughs> Yes, that was his thing, guys. Bob Dole always referred to himself in, in the third person. person yes, That's super funny. never won. Mm-hmm. So the next thing you know, Bill Clinton is being pulled through the roof of the White House while he's still in bed, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, what's happening? Is it noon already?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, man. No, he wasn't exactly the hardest working. You know what, though? Again, and we've said this before in our some of our episodes. Kudos to the writers of The Simpsons, man. We all know that they're a bunch of lefties, but they make fun of everybody, man. It, yes. it, it's, it's, they're very fair mm-hmm. when they do it. Man. Yep. Very even-handed. <laughs> yep. And so we cut to Dolan Clinton, stripped bare naked, right? And they put them into a tube, mm-hmm. right? And Bob Dole's like, what the hell is this? Some kind of tube? Very astute. Yeah. And so it fills up with a fluid, right? And it stops his movements, right? But he's alive. Mm-hmm. Right? And so at that moment, Clinton's like, well, thanks for that, right? Yeah. Taking out his competition. But the same thing happens to him. Now, I think they stole this, or at least borrowed it from Demolition Man. What part? Remember Demolition Man? Yeah. Prisons, they freeze them. Oh, with they ice. freeze them. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. So I, I think that was around the time that that was actually a pretty yeah. big movie. Uh-huh. So if I remember correctly, that's where that's, that's where they got that. Yeah. If that's you a haven't good catch. seen that, if you haven't seen that, guys, it's cheesy, it's corny, but it's, it's a classic. It's so good, though. I mean, think about it. Sandra Bullock, young Sandra Bullock. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Sylvester Stallone. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Dennis Leary's in it too. Yeah. I forget his name, 
the, the Mexican guy that's always in the Sandra Bullock's movies. <sighs> he's he's Brad, in his reality uh, and all. He's he's Baco and blood in blood out. Yeah, right? like yeah. Brad something or other. Yeah, I forget his name. He's he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> but yeah, if you've never seen that movie, watch it, guys. Oh, he's gonna look it up. Yes, I am. <laughs> I have IMDb We're installed. We're doing this live. We're doing this live. All right. So, Demolition Man. Rob Schneider has a small part in that movie as well. I did not know that his daughter is a singer. L. King. X's oh, and O's. Rob Schneider? Yeah. Uh-huh. I think I knew. Did you? <laughs> I think it was me. Okay. I didn't. It's like somebody was like, yes, I was very surprised. Benjamin Bratt. Benjamin Bratt. There you go. You were close. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome, dude. Yes, yes. So anyways, guys, if you've never seen that movie, it's worth watching at least. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah. It's always on Netflix. <laughs> if it's not on Netflix now, wait a week. It'll be on Netflix. Yep. And so the aliens then at that point link themselves to the tubes and they do what's called a bio-duplication. Right? Mm-hmm. And so basically what happens is Kang and Kodos are put into the shape of Bob Dole and Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. So Homer sees this. He's like, oh, no, aliens, bioduplication, nude conspiracies. Oh, my God. Lyndon LaRouche was right. Uh, of course, You're gonna have to explain that one, man. <laughs> Lyndon LaRouche was an infamous DC insider who was um, quite the provocateur. Mm-hmm. He always. Say the least. <laughs> yes. Uh, he would throw around accusations. Uh, like they were a penny each. Yeah. Mm. You know what the weird part is about that? What's that? A few of those had to be right. Yeah. It's like Alex Jones. Yeah. I mean, so much just, nonsense coming out of his mouth, but so much of it is right. And, but then it, it that sucks that he's, he's so whatever he is that the stuff that he's right about, you don't notice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just creepy. It is kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so Kodos at that point, that point is like, what? Are you still here? I'm afraid we'll have to dispose of you. So he pushes a button, right? And out of somewhere comes a cannon and has a smaller cannon and has an even smaller one. And then the tube comes out and it sprays Homer. And Homer's like, what are you spraying me with? And Kang says, rum. So no one will believe your story. <laughs> and they kick him off of the flying sauce. With one of those, the literal boot. Yeah, with a boot. Uh, kicks him off the <laughs> flying saucer. And don't come. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's such a good scene. That's smart. You're covered in rum. You're drunk. Yeah, right? nobody's gonna believe anything you say, right? <laughs> so the next morning, the kids and Marge are watching the portable TV in the kitchen, and we hear Ken Brogman. Ken Brogman here with Campaign '96. America flips a coin. At an appearance this morning, Bill Clinton made some rather cryptic remarks with AIDS, which AIDS attributed to an overnight. Overly tight necktie. So it's it's Kodos, right? His mm. body said, I am Clinton. As overlord, all will kneel trembling before me and obey my brutal commands. And he crosses the arms. End communication. <laughs> and Mari's like, hmm, that's slick willy for you. Always with the smooth talk. <laughs> and of course, yes, that was Bill Clinton's nickname for a lot of people. Slick willy. And by the way, I saw an interview one time. That's the one that he hates the most. 
Must be some truth to it. I know exactly. <laughs> That's what I mean. Because that one carries the most weight, buddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so at this point, Homer runs in. Marge, Marge. There I was. I just caught the largest fish you'd ever seen when I was abducted by a flying saucer. He still told a lie. Yes. He still told a lie. He couldn't help himself. God, man. And Marge uh, says, sure you were, Rummy. Because <laughs> he smells like rum. Yeah. So at this point, we go back to the screen, right? And Ken Brock is like, Senator Dole, why should people vote for you instead of President Clinton? It makes no difference which one of us you vote for. Either way, your planet is doomed. Doomed! <laughs> and Brockner's like, well, a refreshingly frank response for, there from Senator Bob Dole. By the way, that's a joke that carries into uh, Futurama. Is it? Yeah, because they have the news anchors, and the one that's the alien. Mm-hmm. And there's always a oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Doomed! <laughs> So, that's a carryover joke. Yes, right it gets mileage worth. Yep, nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, so, so Homer goes, these candidates make me want to vomit in terror. There it is. So, between all the satire, between all that stuff, there's a little truth. Yes. <laughs> and so, then we see Bob Dole giving an electoral speech. Right, so, we see the announcer. Ladies and gentlemen... 73-year-old candidate, Bob Dole. Wow. 73-year-old. Wow. Oh, my God. 73? This guy's 80 right now. Yeah. Bob Dole is young. (laughs) Oh, my God. Think about it. Even if Bob Dole had become president at that time, it would have been the oldest one, but it wouldn't have lasted a long time. No, it would not. That record would have been beaten. Wow. Let's run again, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then, this is one of, man, this is such a good joke, because it's so... It's, it's... Uh, it is what it is, it man. It is what it is, yes. And we see Kang as Bob Dole, and he says, abortions for all. Boo! Very well, no abortions for anyone. Boo! Abortions for some, miniature American flags for others. Yay! And everyone wears their... <laughs> <laughs> um, that pretty much describes everything to me. Still. <laughs> Still. Uh, oh, man. It's such a so maybe, show. So maybe they didn't predict the, the winner of that election right, but man, that joke is still valid. Yep, it is. So later, we see Kang and Kodos, in other words, Bob Dole and Clinton, walking down the streets holding hands. And Kang goes, fooling these Earth voters is easier than expected. And Kodos says, yes, all they want to hear are bland pleasantries embellished by an occasional saxophone solo or infant kiss. (laughs) Woo! Yes. That's not a commentary on the country at that time. I don't know what it is. Yep. So next thing we know, we see a DNC van pull up next to them. And George Stephanopoulos, who's a news reporter now, but back then was a, was he the head of the DNC? Yeah, I think he was. Uh He pokes his head out of the van. He goes, "Uh, Mr. President, sir, 
people are becoming a bit uh, confused by the way you're, you and your opponent are, well, constantly holding hands. And Kang says, we are merely exchanging long protein strings. If you can think of a simpler way, I'd like to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so messed. Yes, I don't understand alien biology and I don't want to. Good Lord. Mm -hmm. So one night, we see Springfield holding a Clinton-Bob Dole debate. And Clinton is giving the opening speech. He's like, my fellow Americans, as a young boy, I dreamed of being a baseball. But tonight, I say we must move forward, not backward, upward, not forward, and always be twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom. And the crowd is cheering, right? Mm -hmm. Bob Dole's about to go on the stand, but then Homer comes bursting in and he says, Stop! Those candidates are phonies! And the crowd's like, You heard me! They're alien replicons from beyond the moon! And the crowd starts laughing at Homer. Yep. And he uh, tries to prevent the secret agents from throwing them out, and he grabs the flags, trying to fight them off. Mm -hmm. And he's like, <laughs> And they get him, right? And they say, Don't forget your stinking flag as they throw it at him. So Homer, you see him walking by the shore of a lake. Mm -hmm. Why won't anyone believe my crazy story? Because it's crazy. Right? And in frustration, he kicks a bush, but he hits metal. Right? And so he moves the bush, and he sees the alien spaceship. It's all huge. It was only a little bush, <laughs> and they were hiding a huge spaceship behind a little bush. Oh, my God. And Homer couldn't see that huge spaceship. Because of the little bush for some reason. Yeah. And so uh, he sees the, the tubes inside that are holding the candidates, right? Mm -hmm. And he pulls out the liquid, right? And Clinton wakes up and is like, oh no, am I still here? I don't want to serve out my turn naked in a tube. And Bob Dole's like, I am so mad at the Secret Service right now. And so Homer takes the spaceship, right, in space, and he flies towards Washington. And we heard uh, President Clinton, you know, Senator, being in suspended animation gave me the time to think. Partisan politics are tearing our country apart. And Dole says, you got a point there, Bill. You and I are going to whoop these one-eyed space fellas. We're going to have to set aside our differences. And Clinton goes, together, we can lead America into a new golden age. Bob Dole says, friend, you got a deal. So it looks like we're stepping into a yeah. new era of American politics. Mm -hmm. And then Bob Dole asks Homer to get them out of the tubes. But, but no. He has to pull a Homer. He presses the wrong button. And he doesn't just pull them out of the tube. He pulls them out of the spaceship. And they're floating out in space now. Yes, and if you don't know, that's instant death. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they go fly in the space. And I was like, oh no, what have I done? What am I doing? What will I do? <laughs> and so he's in panic. He smashes the control panel of the, of the spaceship and he sends the saucer just crashing towards Washington, right? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we're outside the Capitol and the candidates are giving their last electoral speech. And Kang goes, the politics of failure have failed. We need to make them work again. Tomorrow, 
when you are sealed in the voting cubicle, vote for me, Soder, Senator K uh, Bob Dole. <laughs> and then Coda says, I am looking forward to an orderly election tomorrow, which will eliminate the need for a violent bloodbath. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody goes crazy. And so from the sky, we hear a noise as Homer crashes right into the Capitol. And he comes running down the stairs. Yeah, we hear the footsteps. Yeah. And Homer's there. He's like, America, take a good look at your beloved candidates. They're nothing but hideous space reptiles. And he unmasks them, right? Mm -hmm. And the crowd gasps in terror. And Carter goes, it is true. We are aliens. But what are you going to do? It's a two-party system. You have to vote for one of us. <laughs> and we hear a guy in the crowd says, he's right. This is a two-party system. And another guy goes, well, I'll believe I'll vote for a third-party candidate. And we hear a go ahead, throw away your vote. And they start <laughs> laughing, right? And at that moment, we cut to none other than Ross Perot. And he's got a Perot 96 hat, and he's smashing the hell out of it. Because he was the third party candidate yeah. at the time. He got closer than anybody. Yeah, he did. So are you with uh, with uh, Ruben, who thinks that uh, RFK is going to siphon 20% of the vote? I do think so. Nah. You, know, you want to know why? Why? He's got no personality. That's true. But he's got the name. That's the He's got no personality. I know, I know, but he's got the name. And these days, the name is enough. People hate Trump. I know. The name, but the personality is what won him over. That's true. Mm -hmm. But there are those that will see Kennedy blinders. Mm. Look, if he gets 20% of the vote, <laughs> I'll fill that growler of yours. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. It's not going to happen, though. You know what? Twenty is a long shot. Yeah, I would say at max maybe fifteen, which is still impressive to be honest. Not even fifteen. Okay. <laughs> so the next day, the results are announced. All hail President Ken. Yeah. And we see uh, in front of the Capitol, it's a working ground now, right? Mm -hmm. Humans are whipped by aliens that look like Codus and Kang. And carrying stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, the whole Simpsons family is working as well, right? Homer and the kids are carrying wood. Marge is pushing a wheelbarrow full of cinder blocks. And uh, Maggie's there. On top of the cinder yeah. blocks. And Marge is like, I don't understand why we have to build a ray gun to aim at a planet I've never even heard of. And Homer goes, don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. <laughs> and we end the... House of Horrors this way. Yep. It's very appropriate that it's uh, political. Yeah. Because right now, the political situation is um, quite tense. Yes, it is. To say the least. That's crazy. It is. So, what do you think of this Treehouse of Horrors? This is one of the better ones. Yes. Yeah. I, now we can't we can't compare this to the regular episodes. No, 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 no. We're we're just comparing it to the other tree houses, and and as far as the that those uh, series, it, it it really does stand out amongst them. This is one of the top ones. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, 
that little tooth in the petri dish surrounded concept. by the coke. Yeah, that's classic. With a little spark of electricity creating life. Mm -hmm. That is the best one out of the three. Yes. It is. Like, so I would say, like, since we're going to, you know, grade this differently, in this one, the, the second episode, which is that one with the tooth, that's the five donut one. I would say that, um, and then the other two, which is Hugo, and then this one, those are, I would say, four to four and a half, something around there. Um, I'm going to do it this way. One, two, three. Yeah. And one, of course, is the Genesis tub. Mm -hmm. Two would be this one right here, mm -hmm. Citizen Kang. And three would be, what was that again? Um, the Thing and I. The Thing and I. Yeah. Yeah. So, pretty good, man. Like, I like all of these, but yeah, so of course the second episode takes, takes the cake on this. Yeah. But... It, it's great. This is, and as far as like as a whole, yes, I think this is one of the best ones. Yeah, I mean, it's not what you would say in the traditional horror aspect of it, except for maybe the thing and I. I think it's more of a it's more of a Twilight Zone. Vibe yeah, it is. Uh huh. Yeah, more like an Outer Limits Twilight Zone vibe on this. One. Yeah, but damn, it's just so good. It is. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but as a whole, like you know, it's a it's a five donut treehouse floor. Really yes, um, I think I was going through Disney Plus, and one of the things that it was pulling up because it's close to spooky season is Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes, nice. where you can just click on one and you can watch all of them. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So if you haven't done that, go check it out. Yes, go do that. So, yes, we hope you all are having a good spooky season so far. Mm -hmm. um, I always dread the end of the spooky season. I just know that I'm going to have to hear Mariah Carey soon. <laughs> I try to avoid that like the plague, but it'll, it'll get you at some point. So, who annoys you more, uh, Mariah Carey or George Michael? Mariah Carey. Yeah, definitely Mariah Carey. George Michael, at least, I I really like those songs. Yeah, George Michael's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know what? And nah, nah, George Michael's cool. Those are hits. I mean, yeah, I love those songs. <laughs> Mariah Carey's just annoying. Nah, man, I can't do it. Uh -huh. All I want for oh, Christmas! Oh, oh, my God. That's the one, man. That's the one that I just can't, I can't get behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when she hits those high notes. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Um, anything else you'd like to say about this particular episode? Nope, I think I, I covered it all. Again, one of my favorites. You know, I was very happy to see it again. This was a nice little intro to the next season of that The Simpsons. Cool. That is cool. You know, and, and yeah, that, that's that's a little gutsy, man, starting the season with the Treehouse of Horror. Yeah. Different. It worked. Yes, it did. It worked. Um, it starts off with a bang. This season does con contain what I consider to be the greatest episode ever. <laughs> We're getting there. Uh, it'd be toward the end, guys. Yeah. But oh man, patience is a virtue. Patience is a virtue, guys. Um, anything else you'd like to mention before we sign off for the week? Be safe on Halloween, everybody. Yeah, uh, just look both ways. 
it gets kind of like crazy in some neighborhoods. So like your candy doesn't look sealed. Don't mess with it. Yeah. Don't let your little brother, little sister start eating the candy uh, randomly. No, no, no. Wait till you get back home. Yeah. Mm. Just give it a once over. You'll know. Yeah. I mean, thank God things weren't as crazy as they were back when I was a kid. Where they would actually, you could actually take your candy down to the hospital so they could x-ray them for you. Yeah. Yeah, It's sad to say they needed to do that. There's a lot of sick people out there, guys. Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. So be very careful. Yep. And if you're worried about one of your neighbors, you probably don't want to go uh, knock just, on their door. Yeah, just avoid that house, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that one piece of candy is not going to kill you guys. No, no, no. Um, don't forget to follow our official show Instagram page. That's official underscore homers underscore donuts without the apostrophes. Uh, give us a follow there. If you can think of any way we can make this show better for you, send us a little note on that, right? Slide into our DMs. Not that way, but, you know, send us a nice little message on how you think we can make this show better for you. And until next time, au revoir, suckers. <laughs>